understand love of God. Um, well, this is exciting. So, I'm Ben, this is Kelly, and this is our third child in the cooker. So, we're excited. We have a, a son named Brighton, who's two and a half years old, and we have a little girl named Salem, who is one and a half. So, now we have a third. So, it's a boy. So it's crazy. It's been a full few years for us. So um, it's so exciting to be here because you know, this is our first thing getting to like travel together as like Ben and Kelly. So we feel like really honored to be here. Like this has been a really dream in our hearts since we were dating and then we got married. So this is, um, I mean, this is like at least five years of dreams and stuff that's been in our heart. So we are like really excited to be here with you guys. So a little nervous because we've never really done this together. You know, I've traveled with a bunch of guys for 15 years. So it's a different dynamic like with your wife. Way cooler with your wife, let's be honest. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. And, you know, I think we want to just start our ministry off by being as authentic and vulnerable as we can, you know? Like, it's exciting to get to start something. Uh, you get a chance to really lay, like, a healthy foundation. So we're excited to start, even here, it's our first time sitting with you guys. So we hope that this is uh, an authentic time where you can hear kind of some of our journey and we're a little more like conversation than like preacher teacher types so uh you might have to like draw some stuff out of us so as you're as we're talking if you get like a question or idea or something um like we want to like open it up and see what god wants to do so is that a stupid question that's like well, my elementary yeah, school no. teacher. Yeah, like, okay. How many times do you not ask the question because you think, oh, it's... That is very true. We're breaking that right now. Okay, we're breaking that. So, um, so yeah, we'll just kind of start a little bit of our journey, and then we hope, uh, you know, by the end of this session, I hope that you'll be encouraged to break any fear or resistance you have in being creative or uh, releasing a sound through your life. I hope by the end of this, by 2 or 2.30, I hope you'll feel more courage to break that fear, okay? So, um, yeah, I guess I'll just kind of share a little bit, and then Kelly can share a little bit, and we'll just see where this party goes. And, uh, man. Interrupt us if you have stuff to say. This is so awesome. I can't, I can't tell y'all what it feels like sitting up here. Because, you know, what do we say? I know. What do we say? It's, it's wild. Um, so, yeah. So, so uh, you know, we are worship pastors in a church called Bethel Atlanta, which is a, a, a connected with a church in California called Bethel Church. And we, uh, Kelly and I, respect the worship for the church. And then we have a school of ministry that we help oversee the worship that. And then I've been traveling with this group called Unhindered that me and my friend Pat, we started when we were 15 years old. So we are both 30 now. So it's been going for like 15 years, which is crazy. I've never really had a real job 
other than working at Abercrombie & Fitch for four weeks. And I lost money because I had to buy their clothes. I was like, I have to buy your clothes? And I, I actually am still in the negative from working at Abercrombie. Uh, still a lot of regret there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I grew up. I grew up in a Baptist church, and it was a really healthy. Just it, it was a great experience. Honestly, you know, I was kind of a good kid. Um, and then when I was fifteen or sixteen, someone started introducing me to uh, this the, the idea of the Holy Spirit, right? And in my structure growing up, there was a lot of emphasis on God and Jesus, but very little on Holy Spirit. It's kind of like the lost art of the Trinity, right? So that um, just kind of took me on a journey of uh, praying for, okay, so um, I read about you, I've been told about you, but I don't have a lot of like personal experience with God, you know? So two people came in, in my life who introduced me to like walking with God and expecting things to happen in the day to day. And I'd never been around that, never seen that. So then, I, then it just kind of opened this whole floodgate of uh, many of our friends. We started expecting God to show up. We started gathering, very similar to resurgence. We started this once a month uh, thing called Hungry, where people from all over our area in high school, we just meet and pray and worship and this kind of thing. It's very like citywide kind of thing. So. Um, and we started, we accidentally started this group called Unhindered. We were leading worship for Fellowship of Christian Athletes for like 10 people. And the guy playing wasn't really good. So my, my buddy and I were like, why don't we just help this place out, you know? So we just started playing. And then this guy saw what we were doing. He liked it. He's like, man, you guys, like, we should take you all around, you know? You should travel. And, and we, you know, you're 15 years old. You do not say no to that. Right? Of course, travel. And so our parent, my dad would drop us off at these events and stuff because we couldn't even drive yet. And he was he was a, a really opinionated guy, but when you're 15, you listen to anyone who tells you anything. So he's like, stop playing other people's songs. You need to write your own songs, you know? So we're 15, so we're like, okay, well, I guess we have to write our own songs. So we started writing our own songs, and he's like, you need to record. And so... We recorded, I took some of my grandparents' college money they had saved for me, and we just spent all this money on this recording. It's like, what not to do, you know? But uh, anyway, so we, then you record something, you have to put a, a name on the CD, right? Just so people can know who you are. So we found Unhindered on a t-shirt, and my friend saw it. It's like, how should we call Unhindered? So anyways, it was not spiritual at all. It was just very practical. Um, so that journey has led us to, you know, for the last 15 years, traveled and played a bunch of ministry things. And um, and then in that process, um, I was at the University of Georgia, and Kelly's at the University of Georgia, and we ran into each other. This is a really long story. She passed me, and I'm like, that's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. I want her right there, you know? And then two days later, I went, and this is so unlike me, I was like trying to go find her, you know? So I turn around and I'm like, where did she go? So I, yeah. <laughs> I remember her wearing white too, but she, she swears that she was not wearing white. So, <laughs> it was a 
my mind somewhere. But uh, so two days later, she's in my class. I'm like, that's the girl. Like, that's the girl, right? So uh, I was trying to pursue her for six months, failing miserably. Not happening. And uh, so then the next semester, she wasn't in my class. And then I had one more class at UGA. And University of Georgia is like 20, about 30,000 people go there, right? So I was driving to UGA, I was like, God, if Kelly's in my class, I will know it's you, and I'm gonna go for it. And I walk in, and two minutes later, Kelly walks in, and I'm like, no way, right? So I am just walking out, because I'm like, I gotta call my friend. Church um, and had a really stale relationship 
um, there for about four years and then went to college at a private Baptist college. Got really, really angry with God because I didn't believe, I couldn't understand why um, some people were so, who, who said that they loved Jesus, were so cruel. And it's just not the God that I knew. So I, I went through this phase of, God, if that's who you are, I don't want to be part of it. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget a significant moment for me was I was walking from the cafeteria, teeny tiny campus. Um, I was walking from the cafeteria back to my dorm, and literally, it was like a movie. The, the wind blew. I, I could no longer move my legs, but God stopped me in my tracks. He said, you are destined for so much greater than this. Keep, you know, keep waiting. And at that point, it's, it's like he said a million things in that one little phrase to me, and everything started clicking, and I had so much hope for my, my future, and I knew that there was more beyond this, I knew that there was more beyond what I knew about God and the Holy Spirit, and I knew that I couldn't give up everything that I had fought so hard to, to maintain, because I felt like I was doing it by myself. It was just me and God, like I didn't really have much of a support, um, support group, so... Um, from that moment on, I'm like, okay, well, let's start this journey, Lord, let's do it. And from there, I went to UGA and um, met Ben, and then he was going through uh, Bethel Fitness Ministry School, and I, I was coming out of this horrific relationship. <laughs> so he, um, he really spoke to me some truth about who the Holy Spirit is, and a lot of the kingdom mentality, the, the Bethel language, you know. Uh, Which we're not like, by the way, guys. We're not against or for any one stream. So yeah. please hear that. Like, yeah. we're, you know, we're, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go into something more on that. But, so anyways, just let your fears be rest assured. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he, spoken, he spoke some things over me and, and he really connected me to, to God. Um, and I, I was just so hopeful. So from that point on, I just knew, I knew more clearly what my destiny was going to look like and what it was going to look like with him. And, and I just, from that point on, I was just like, no, I don't have to have the answer anymore. I can just walk and know that the road is being painted in each step that I take. So I can just keep walking and I know that God's going to paint my road and I don't have to worry about what the next step's going to look like. So that's kind of where I'm still processing in that now. I have no idea why God has me on this journey and um, I, could, I, could, I could go for another hour about my insecurities and, um, and music and, and my what I have to say and on, on all that. But we all have insecurities, and it's a matter of, you know, do you put your faith in the hope and in the, in the love of where God has you, or do you put your faith in the, in the fear and the lies? And are you going to walk forward, or are you going to just be stuck in the mud, or are you going to let yourself sink in the quicksand? So I'm just, like I said, I'm just putting one foot in front of the other and being faithful to what whatever God wants to do with this. So... It's really good. It's really good. You know, one, one thing about the, the streams I just want to bring up, like, I've been so uh, grateful over the last 
really 15 years of getting to lead worship in so many different denominations and so many different streams. And, you know, multiple times we'll sit down with these pastors from all walks of life and always go to lunch and always go to dinner. And if you keep a teachable spirit, God can speak to you through anybody. I mean, he can speak to you through an atheist sitting on a plane with you. I've had that happen, you know, where I'm like, God, aren't I supposed to be ministering to him? And he's like, no, he's ministering to you right now. You know, I'm like, oh man, my brain doesn't totally calculate that one up, right? Um, so I just want to let you know that if you keep a teachable spirit, God is more concerned about your humility than you being right, right? <laughs> because that is, uh, and that's something he's been kind of inviting me into. And um, one of the one of the great things Jesus did um, with with his own with the own like um, how would you word this? You know, he comes as a Jewish man, and he's very he, he's critiquing the the Jewish uh, culture of that time. Like when he's here on Earth, he's very like he critiques it hard, but it's because he has such deep love for. For, for God's people, right? He has deep love for, for them understanding who his father is and what his kingdom is all about. So one of these guys I was reading about, he, he was really encouraging. If you can stay on the, the inside, the edge of the circle, that's where Jesus like remains. So if you get in the middle of a circle, those are the kind of people where you feel like... Um, they have to defend why their stream is what it is, or we gotta defend, their whole life is like, I gotta prove that it's right, right? And then if you leave the circle, you're the outsider who's just abandoned it, and you don't have any love anymore for the people. But if you can learn what Jesus did, he learned to stand the inside edge where he's the most, he critiques it hard, but it, it, it's actually out of love, like he loves who these people are. He love, He longs to see humanity experience his Heavenly Father. So, for me, that's been kind of a, uh, it's been a helpful tool so that I can, you know, we can be a part of multiple conversations with different pastors and speakers and um, people, humanity in general. And you're not, you're not the center feeling the need, I gotta defend my church, I gotta defend everything nor am I, I'm throwing it all out the window, you guys are all wrong. I actually, I long for, for Jesus. I long for truth. I long to see his kingdom come. I long for humanity to experience the Father. But I'm also, I'm okay to critique that we're not there yet, you know? So, does that make sense at all? This is kind of a random tangent I'm going off on, but it's something that God's really been uh, helping me. And, and what you know, any, when we're talking about God here, like any word or language or song is still, at times it feels like a metaphor because you're still talking about this being who is, this is God, you know? So, um, one of the other just encouragements I would, I would say to you guys is a lot of times, God doesn't always give you clear answers on things, but he gives you his presence, okay? So that's been one of the toughest things for me, because a lot of times, like, I want an answer. God, what do you think on this? What do you think on this? He doesn't always give me clarity of an answer, but he gives me his presence. And 
And I and and one of these writers I was just recently reading, he says, God many times he works in mystery because if you knew everything he was doing, you might try to take control of the situation and actually control the outcome. So what he he literally he knows what he's doing, shaping and forming you. So he gives a lot of times not clear answers, but he gives his presence because he wants you to behold him in his presence. And if you knew everything he was doing, you might try to take the reins and take control and and you might not let the process that the mystery is wanting to walk you through. So that's a that's been probably one of the hardest lessons and what Kelly just said so eloquently is I don't know exactly where I'm going, but he continues to paint this this road. He's painting the picture, you know? And that's a that's a sign of like trusting the mystery, trusting that we we worship and you're in you're in intimacy with a a good heavenly father. When you can learn to to trust that, um, and, and it's really hard for us young people in the room who, you know, all of our friends and people in culture, I mean, you're out there just striving away and making a name for yourself, striving away to get this job or get this relationship or this, that, and the other. But I really feel like God wants to actually like co-create with us. We behold mystery. We put in hard work, but we, it, it is not, it is not something you have to take control of and feel like you got to figure it all out and get every answer. Because I've rarely, from these old, older guys I listen to, they say, man, eventually you'll hit a point where you learn to just behold him and his presence and the mystery. And you, when you, it's really hard for us young people because we don't have a lot of years of experience of trusting that he's he's who he says he is, right? But these people who are in their 70s, they go, hey man, it's it's easier for me now because I've seen the life process and you can actually trust the presence. And you don't have to you look back over your life and man, so many of the random things that have happened have just been random coincidences of people we've run into and things that have happened that were so outside of your control. And it wasn't something that you had to figure out and strive through. So I'm just kind of tossing out some random thoughts as I'm looking at you guys and maybe hopefully it's it's hitting um, in some of your situations. And we've, we've been trying to recently write songs even that actually, instead of going, I'm going to sit down and write a worship song, I've, I've found, found songs coming out of me that you're like, wow, that, didn't, that line just came out really fast. And someone might say, oh, wow, you just wrote that song this week. And I'm like, well, I might have written that song this week, but that song's been being written in me for 10, 15, 20 years. And all of a sudden, I just gave a little time and space to let it out. So I would be really cautious to not shame yourself on, man, I'm not creating enough, I haven't done enough, or I'm not there yet, you know? And I would just say, God is writing songs in you. He's forming you. He's shaping you. You went through that experience, and there's so much more to glean from if you look back over the tapestry of your life. There's been so much he's been speaking. And 
I would just encourage you to make a little space to actually let some of that out. So instead of going, man, I've got to write a song on this, that, and the other, like, sit down and review your history, you know? Multiple times, we like to review, like, what are the words that God's speaking over me? What are some of my friends? What are they seeing in me? What are they saying? And it's just a reminder, like, you, you look back on the faithfulness of God over your life. So for many of you who want to write songs, I would just say, hey, like, there are songs inside of you that have been written for 10 or 15 years. Just spend a little time letting that thing out. And we try to do that. Um, and, you know, the cool thing is if you can create space to do that, um, I'm, I'm so grateful. I've heard even of resurgence, you know, what you guys are trying to do, where tonight we'll play a few songs that we've, we've written, but even in the worst of time, we try to make a little space just to see what uh, what's going to happen, you know? And that's real spontaneity is, is we are worshiping. We're, you and I are walking with a living, active Father, Okay. This is not a fixed and established world. We're actually like, you and I are, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. Truthfully, you know, I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now, right? I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. So, and that's exciting to me. I'm like, we are, you and I are, we're an active living relationship with God. So spontaneity is not, I don't know, it's not just, I wouldn't call like when someone's like, do spontaneous worship. Well, then that's putting a structure and form to the whole idea of spontaneity, right? Spontaneity is, and and that's where I I, I like having the structure, let's build a structure that allows room for spontaneity, you know, because we are in an active relationship with God. And 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 you see that in the whole prodigal son, the, the son comes home. And all of a sudden, this active living father comes running after him. And before he can get words out of his mouth, he goes ahead and starts speaking. You know, and you're like, father goes ahead and tells him things before he can even get out all his stuff, right? And it's like, oh, that's spontaneity. That's spontaneous worship right there. Where we open up to God and stuff just starts coming from him. That we're like, wow, where did that come from, you know? So I would encourage you with songwriting, like, start making space for that. Whether if it's on Sunday morning or Sunday morning's on the spot, do it with friends at your house. Uh, just create some more space in your life to, to let that, let those songs come out of you. Uh, you have any thoughts? Go ahead. Um, I kind of want to go back to the song, when you sit down and write a song. I'm, I'm not um, super duper or as experienced as him songwriting, but I've been writing all my life, you know, so um, I'm definitely used to it. Um, but I think the one thing that I would say is that, you know, there have been a lot of songs written in the past 15, 20 years saying, you know, God is this, God is holy, God, you are awesome, God, you are great, you know, which is all amazing because those things are true. Um, but I'm, I'm beginning to, to sense that or to feel that the church is, is being um, prepared to hear new and experience new worship where it's authentic. It's, um, it's coming from a source, you know, a deep well. Does that make sense? 
Um, so while God is all of those things, let's get down to the deeper, richer thing that we're experiencing in Him. And um, like, like um, for example, on on this album that we're um, going to be releasing soon, uh, there's a a song that I wrote, which I was not intending for anyone to hear it. Um, but uh, before before our first child, we had a miscarriage, and it really, really affected me. And I couldn't find anyone who would talk to me about it. And I couldn't find a song that um, was written about a miscarriage anywhere. And I'm like, I can't be the only person who's been through this. Like, surely there's someone else in my church who can relate to me, but why is this such a hush-hush uh, situation? And so I wrote this song, um, and it's not a worship song. It's a, um, it's a cry. And the first line, I, when, I was, when we sang it, this live recording thing we did, I'm like, oh, I'm scared how people are going to react. Like, people are afraid, I think, of that real conversation that you have with God. And even though everyone's having it on their own, they're afraid. So the first line is, in a way, I want to blame you for what's been done. I'm like, people are going to think, oh, you can't blame God for them. That's bad. You believe in him, and you can't blame him, surely, right? But that's how I felt. Now, do I blame him now? No. But in that season, I was so confused. I was lost. I was hurt. And, and I needed to express these, these words, these feelings to God, who, who knew what happened. He can take it. Yeah, he can take it. Come on. And, uh, yeah, so that those things are important to me. Those that real authentic, here's what God's doing in my life. And oh, here's sing the, sing the first verse of that. Dude, yeah, give a little more. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm like forgetting the words. Um, oh yeah. In a way I want to blame you for what's been done. Though I know your heart is grieving just as much. In my pain I pour my heart out. Every day my spirit cries out, reaching for your grace to Chorus, oh good God, I know you won't forsake me. Tears stream down as I pray for you to fill me. Only you can turn this darkness into light. Only you can bring justice and new life. And it's like, here's the pain, guys. Like, here's what I've walked through. Because I'm not going to put this facade out to say, oh, yeah, I lost a baby, but everything's fine. God is good. You know, because that's not how, that's not how we feel. When, can't tell me that when you've gone through a process of something that you haven't hurt, don't fake it with me. Like, let me know your process, because your process is going to bring me closer to God, and it's going to help me with my process. And um, But it doesn't mean that I'm not going to worship Him still. It doesn't mean that um, I've forgotten all that He's done for me, or I don't believe in what He's going to be doing for me. He's present with me during this, and He wants me to wrestle it with Him. Because he wants to embrace me in the end, you know. So I think that we're moving as a church. Like the church is craving this, this realness, this tangible life um, thing that that's been missing out of out of worship. So that's kind of what I'm aiming for right now is to write songs that are more on on that road. Um, again, still 
writing other songs, you know, God is good, God is great, <laughs> you know, but I don't want to forget or ignore that, like, the real raw aspect of life, of, of my humanity and the pain that, um, you know, like, walked through, so. Yeah, does anyone have any questions or thoughts? more for uh, my own 
cathartic experience that I have for worship. And he is, um, he's much more corporately, you know, versed and he, he can write the songs that can, you know, bring everybody in and kind of have that faith, you know, anybody can kind of process what they're processing at the time. I'm more specific, so I think that's what balances us really well is because I can, we can give that give and take. Um, but yes, I do, for me, I, I, I have a time when it's like, okay, I'm going to write about this because I can't shoot this right now, and I don't care if anybody else hears it. Usually that turn, actually turns out to something where people will hear it, but um, then I have the other time where it's like, okay, let's, let's still keep the vulnerability in there, but let's have it so people aren't scared the first three lines that I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, you know, I was, I just recently went to this, this, this gathering and they were talking about the difference between success and craft. And most of us have spent, you know, especially you mentioned American culture, uh, sorry, North American culture, Canadians, America, America there we go. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's very success driven. So a good song is a good song because it's, created a bunch of money and you see the hits, right? Well, this guy was really encouraging us to start entering into craft where you focus on craft. And he says, you know, when you when your life is all about success, you'll live and die by the praise and the criticism, right? That's your whole thing. Is, well, do they like it? I gotta do another one like this. Well, they didn't like it, so you're the lowest, lowest. So when you're running on success, it's a miserable existence. But when you work on craft, he said, you, because the, the, one of the questions was, well, after you write this person who wrote a huge bestseller book, like, what do you do next? You know, do you feel the pressure? And he said, and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you do, but if you focus on craft, that next book you write is just as scary as the last one you did. It's like, and I've heard these stories of these great painters where they look at a blank canvas and it's like, it's a blank canvas. Yeah. And they have confidence because they have done some paintings in the past, yeah. but you have as many nerves on that new painting because you don't know what's gonna come of it. And really learning to stay in craft and not success. So taking that with church music, um, and I think it's, it's less the question, what's connected with the congregation or not, it feels like, many of the writers were so focused on the success that we were worried about, well, they'll think this, and you're, you're so concerned how everyone's going to take it and feel it and fit and all this, and and then you're just living and dying on the praise and the criticism again, you know? And I think God's wanting to move us into that, that craft thing where it's like, what does this song need to say? If it needs to just say, God, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy, keep it there. But don't do it just because that's all your congregation can take. You know what I'm saying? Do it because you feel in your heart that's what it needs to say. So I, I've come out of many of the songs I wrote early on. We were doing these huge youth gatherings and like arenas. So that was my framework for writing songs. So I'm writing out of, well, how do I get 10,000 people stoked, right? <laughs> you know? And I mean, so... Some of the songs written were like everyone's chanting them, this, that, and the other. Fist in the air. Yeah, like pumping their fists. <laughs> Go God, God, you're awesome, you know. But like, did they have any lasting depth? 
No, not at all. Am I wanting to sing any of those songs now? No way, right? I don't want you to even find me on YouTube singing any of the songs, right? Because it was, it was, and it was where I was at, you know? In my mind, it was craft, but I was, I was young, and it was about success, you know? And I think that's the journey that God's inviting us into. It's like, make that painting or make that book or make, when you get up there to share, and that's what we're trying to do today with you guys, like, let's share not for the success of if you guys like it or not, but I really want you to walk away and encounter God and, and create, you know, like, it's so much more than about real man, I like Ben and Kelly, you know, like I'm going to put them on social media or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, we've got to move into that craft thing. So that's given me encouragement to take a little more risk on Sundays and settings. And, I, and I've, I've realized that many of the people sitting out there, you know, I recently wrote this song called Mountain to Valley. And the first line was, I'm plagued by your promises words that you've spoken, desires you've placed in me, but faithfully you'll complete, you know? So, and, and what I've been wrestling with was like, God, every time I get with you, you keep telling me these promises that are coming, and they're plaguing me. They're driving me insane, you know? And my wrestle is with you, but I had to write it, you know? And it was funny, I, I was like, I don't know if I can play this in a corporate setting, you know? I had that same question, like, People really want to sing Plague by Your Promises, you know? But it's crazy. Like, crazy. Like, and, they, and they email him, that line, Plague by Your Promises, is wrecking me. Yeah. Wrecking me because we're all, to an extent, at those seasons. Like, God, why do you keep saying the same exact thing? Like, can you give me a little bit more? <laughs> give me yeah. a little more. Totally. For like three years, he's got the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and then there was also a thing when I was writing a song. I was just kind of playing it, worship, worshiping to it at the house, and I sang this line that I didn't understand. And the line was, you take me in, you lead me out. Such a journey walking with you now. And I was like, and I didn't know what it meant. And it just kind of came out of my mouth, and I felt like God said, you need to keep that in there. You know, you just sing it, and you'll, I'll teach you what that means, right? So I just started, that's a whole other idea of writing a song, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, just write a song with a line you don't even understand, and throw it in there, and 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 you feel this prompting from God. Yeah, just trust it, you know. And it's crazy, and I, I still don't fully get it, but it's. I know I, I I started kind of going back through Scripture, and you think about when Jesus was like led, he was taken into the wilderness, and he was led out, and he was empowered by the Spirit. There was a transformation that happened as he was taken in and he was let out. And many times God will take you into the things and he'll lead you back out of things. And it's he's shaping you. He's transforming you. There's some things you can only learn by walking in and coming out than just him telling you, you know. It's a lot like the tides too. You think of the ocean, you know, the wave comes and the shore and then comes back out and then we're in a river and all but that's when the stones get refined and they get smoothed and then they get sent out and go to the banks of the So yeah that was just a little random thing, you know. Any 
thought? Any other questions? It's great, great Thoughts, questions. insights. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found the books you're writing that you've written stuff that got kind of revealed to you later when you met? Like, that's something yeah. I think so, yeah. I think it's kind of. I've heard this, this one guy said a lot of times, like, people name albums. Like, they pick a name, you know, like, uh, they name it, but then they put, like, a, uh, the title of the album. Like, what was yours called? Seven Free. So, a lot of times, like, they say it's, like, prophetic of, like, you pick it, and then it's, like, prophetic of, like, the journey you're about to walk through. Like, you don't even know. Yeah, you pick it. I could, like, fulfill that title. I was like, I'm still wrestling with stuff. And yeah. Like, no, just pick it. I'm like, okay. But, like, after I release it, I can sit, I've been sitting, but it's, like, in the title, I was like, that's not a good song. Like, that's mm-hmm. not... So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's okay. You know, a lot of times, like the first song, I was probably like, really proud of, uh, and I was proud of it because I felt like it was honest to me and it really connected with people. And I was like, wow, I kept getting encouragement. And it was a song called "Father We Come," and um, the band hindered like we put it out a few times, and um, and it felt, you know, it's funny now. It was written out of I've been reading through Ephesians chapter one. Which is an amazing prayer Paul prays for the church in Ephesus. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still, if, if you guys read through it, just check it out. There's a lot of powerful truth in that in that whole prayer. But one of the cry that the psalmist said, Father, you come, open up our eyes, fill us with your heart, renew us with your life, and consume us with your majesty. And, you know, I, I still pray that. It's weird. I'm, God, open up my eyes today to who you are in a new way. And it's funny, I look back then, I was always seeing God, my view of God was I would only see him through the scriptures or in worship times. But then my journey has been, can you see God basically in all things, you know, in all faces, in the stranger on the street, in the person who passes by, and, and even even in your enemy, can you find God? You know, I mean, that, I'm, I'm kind of going off some Crazy. God's kind of inviting me into, man, that was an early prayer you prayed, but can you find me an essence of me in all, you know? And even this recent gathering, I said, this guy said, he says, you look at people in the eyes, even people who don't like you, you keep looking at them, you keep talking to them until you can find his goodness, like find. And he says, eventually you'll find a piece of you that will connect. And he says, you can find with anyone because we all are like, you can create the image of God, right? Some of us are still running from that image, but we've all been created the image of God. He said, you can look at anyone and find a piece of yourself because God's in you and God's in them. You know, how long will you wait? In a, and it was like a... So my mind, yeah. So anyways, yes, I totally think so. It was a simple prayer back then, and I'm still like, God, open up my eyes. Open up my eyes. Uh, there's someone over here. Never mind. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah, what's up? Uh, yeah, I was wondering because you mentioned the, like, the spontaneous parts of worship times where you'll kind of go up with stuff. Um, do you find you'll kind of take that afterwards and craft songs from that spontaneous place? And do you just record yourselves or how do you keep track of all that? Because 
have a chance to do a lot of spontaneous stuff, but I thought it was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. what's your practice to do that? That's a great question. Yeah, so we, um, yeah, I mean, I think they do record all the sessions uh, at the church. But I refuse to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> all of us singers know it's the worst to listen back to yourself. Like, I sound like that. Oh. You know, like in a room, there's a little more forgiveness because there's sound bouncing around, there's verb. You get it like off from the mixer with like no verb and anything. You're like, oh, I just need to quit tomorrow. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, we were in this music business class and this like country like songwriter came in and he said, it was an interesting thing because I, I think there's a tension to this, but he said, he says he never takes a pen and pad with him because he says if you write something that's good, he will remember it, you know. And it was like, and he's like this huge like country songwriter guy. And I'm, I, I, there's a total tension to that because I, I, whenever I write songs in the house, I put my, my phone on voice record and I just let it roll because I never know if something's going to pop out of me that I'm like, how did I do that? What just happened? You know? So I think it's just a tension of that. But I do think if something is in, like if, if you hit on a chord, like something, and it, it moves you, then I would be, I don't know, I feel like it'll come back to you too. So what I'll do is, there was something memorable from a, from a thing. Um, we'll sing this song tonight called Whisper. And the end of it, um, we were in a worship service and we were just remembering God and who he, who he was and who he's been. And so I, I started singing this line, I will not forget, I will not forget all you've done for me. I will not forget, just kind of shouting out, you know. And I got done with the, the, the worship service. I was like, man, I'm like, I think, I think there's something on that, you know. And that was my only language for it. Like, I think something's unique in there, you know. So it was just kind of in me. And then I was working on something else. And I was actually at uh, one of these YC, um, man, we were doing one of these random tours. We do all these, like, little like tour nights, you know, we travel in a van and just drive all these little new things, right? So we were we were in Canmore and uh, there were I think there were six people there at this event, right? And I think that's not including the band. So <laughs> I always forget, like was it six? Because there were four of us, five of us. No, it had to be six in the crowd. And one was the sound guy, one was the pastor. I think it was, yeah, so I think it was four technical people who, like, decided to show up, okay? <laughs> Which is awesome, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you talk about success or craft. Focus on craft, that helps, right? Oh, man, don't, don't get on the success train when you're looking out at four people there. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we're sitting there, and then, uh, you know, we're like, okay, well, what do we do? Like, you don't want to rock out for four people. It feels a little out of context. <laughs> so, <laughs> this pump, yes, everyone, hands up. Get the fog machine going, come on. So, uh, I started singing this. We just, so we, we turned the night into, like, creating a lot of space, right? We're like, let's pray for one another. Let's give each other words. Let's, like... Let's just open this thing up because we got nothing to prove here tonight, right? So I start singing this song, this line, like, 
Whisper, whisper, whisper in my ear. Tell me words I thought I'd never hear. And I started going off on a little more, but we got done, and, and the guys were all looking at me like, yeah, that's something right there. So we like pulled my phone out. And, uh, and a lot of these songs, they're written over like a year or two. Like, oh, I'll have that little piece and that little piece, and then, you know, meet with friends and just see where they go. So, but that line, I remember, I was like, because a lot of times God tells you things that you don't expect, you know? Like, tell me words I thought I'd never hear. And that can be, sometimes it's all like shocking things, like, oh, you're beautiful, you know? Or it can be like just off the wall stuff, like, hey, I'm calling you to Canada, you know, with your wife. Not to live here, not to live here, it's so cold. Travis has been trying, man. You want to take Resurgence South, like to the Caribbean? And <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Resurgence in the Caribbean, Virgin Islands, man. There's a lot of stuff on that. We'll do it for you. That's a great idea. Wow, spirit is moving right now, guys. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, this that night, like, whisper, 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 and then this song kind of evolved. So, um, a uh, really just dear friend of ours uh, who's really helped me out in the last few years with my journey with God, um, Jason Upton. And I think that you guys probably know some of his music. Like, I met him actually at YC, and this lady uh, prayed for us uh, probably a few weeks before, and she looked at me and she said, you got kind of like this Jason Upton father's heart thing. And the next thing you know, like a few weeks later, uh, we're flying to uh, YC up in Edmonton, and he was on the plane with us. And I was like, man, that's crazy. That lady just said that, you know? And so, and then and I find... I said that to him about, I don't know, like five years earlier. Yeah. We were dating. We weren't even, like, barely dating. We were talking about worship. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I've seen Jason Upton. This is weird. I don't know why I'm saying this right now. I feel like you're going to write with Jason Upton. <clears throat> It's just really cool to see how that sounds. Yeah, and, so, and then we were part of this like worship breakout thing, and we were together in the same worship breakout. And so then the next morning, like, we had breakfast, and we talked, and at the end, he's like, man, we got to like, keep talking, you know? So we used to develop this like relationship. It's been probably over the last four or five years, and, and, and then we just started writing together. And at that time, he'd never really like, co-written songs, you know? So I just started... I was like, so I shared with him this whisper idea. We were in the car driving somewhere, and I was like, man, I don't know. I, I forgot how it came up, but I was like, whisper, whisper, whisper. So we started, like, writing in the car, right? So then he, so that night, we're at this, uh, we're at the church, and then he's like, man, you got to come up here. Just please play that thing. So I start playing it. So then that week, he texted me, and he, he had written a bunch of lyrics for the verses, and then he started, like, traveling out, like, playing that thing. And I'm like, I like pull up on God TV one time. He's playing at like some festival. In England. <laughs> like, that is crazy. This song, you were just singing that in the car. And now you're like singing it like this. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's really, it's been a beautiful thing like to write out of relationship, you know? Not out of just, not for success, man. God, that, that thing is, thing's crazy. Like Christ in me, the whole before you be revealed. And it's like it's 
But then knowing that it's like that whole, that your goal, like the song that you have to release, how powerful that actually is, mm-hmm. that that's revealing something to somebody else. And, and trusting that, because like as yeah. an artist, as being a creative, that's a very emotional, that's a very vulnerable place. Because you're like, ooh, like who wants to hear about this really messy time in my life, or this really tender or something. That's, that, that's big. That's like, here I am. Like, yeah. how are you going to accept me? And I know, like, I, even just in the process of trusting myself and doing songs of my own, like, in a worship setting, where mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 that's just, like, my God time. But being like, no, but people need, people need to know that. They need to find portions that they can be like, this is my song. Yeah. And I get that, but it's like, how do you allow yourself, like, getting permission? Like, I've been on this big, like, God giving you full permission. Like, I'm trusting you, I'm giving it all to you. But that's like risk, that's vulnerability, that's like being fully exposed. Yeah. And that's beautiful, like, that's what he wants, right? Yeah. And I think as songwriters, what we aim for, or being creative in whatever aspect, you're giving somebody permission to, to go deeper with the Lord. Or, or attack something that they don't even realize is there. Or so, like, whether that is like, there must be somebody else that's going through this, or like, oh, and now I have the words to express this weird feeling inside. If I wasn't faithful and trusting God in that moment, somebody else could be just like aching for something, for a key to unlock like freedom or like new revelation. And so, like, even for you guys here, like the fact that you're here, like like that shows that you're hungry for for like what the Lord is speaking to you. Like you all have songs, you all have you have things that the people in your life need to to get closer to the Lord. So like I as I'm not looking at anything else like that. But like um that's like honor that, like take that risk and trust trust God, He's in you and, and there is a whole yeah, that's really good. I mean, and I think that our culture, like, so, um, you know, we need, we like, uh, I guess, logic and the logos, like the text, like uh, the data, like we like to, we need that, you know, we need to um, understand the numbers and how it all works, but we also are people of meaning and depth, and we need that as well, you know, and some of these guys have they've talked about this word like the mythos or the mythos or it's like it's like the meaning of well yeah I have this um, you know the logos can explain why your body is shaped the way it is and this that and the other but the mythos is like why is it interesting like why do I why do I look down and I think my fingers look cool in the light you know that's like and, and I think we need the poet the poet helps helps society like have meaning like it helps that depth of well you know it enriches the facts yeah it totally enriches the facts you know and we need that our people need that our humanity needs that and so i just want to encourage you guys i think you're totally right like let the christ in you out and it's not just for you it's for the earth you know and and i need your song like we need your song and I, I think that we, even in our society, like we're moving into, like we see the value of 
Um, this, this one guy was talking about, it's like, when you go into a surgeon, you don't want the poet, right, who's working on your body, right? You need the guy that's real analytical, like, this is what, you know, if you go to a mechanic working on your car, you probably don't need the, the poet who's like, feeling. It's like, you know, but I, I have heard stories of that as well. People using like word of knowledge. I'm like, oh, I think it's the oil pan, right? You know? It's, but there's, you know, there, there's, there, we need both, but we really do need like, we need meaning. Like, why are you here? Why are you here? There's no, there's nothing you're going to like practically gain. I'm not coming and giving you money today, but something in your heart longs for like deeper intimacy with God and a richer uh, walk with Him. And you want to give that away to a world who's crying out to, to know Him and meet Him, even if they don't even realize that their heart is longing for it. So we just want to like bless you guys in that and say, let the creativity flow. And there's a, there's a book I'll tell you guys to read. I'm going to give you a, a warning, okay? Give you a warning because we teach the songwriting class at uh, at the school ministry, and we get them all to read this book. Okay, now this guy is not uh, the safest Christian guy, so if you hear some curse words in this book, please don't be offended or be angry at us for reading it. But we're not endorsing. We're, not endorsing, we're endorsing it. Uh, <laughs> So it's it's called the War of Art, okay? It's by a name Stephen Pressfield. It's like this thing. It's so thin, but it he breaks it down to um, every morning when you wake up, you fight this thing called resistance. And he's using different language in my belief of what even us kingdom people might say lies or fear or stuff from the enemy. He dumbs it down to this word called resistance. And I actually like that because resistance feels like something you can win, like you can beat. Like it, sometimes fear and lies, they feel so ginormous that it feels like it's too big. I'm never going to overcome that, you know? So he dumbs it down to this word resistance. He says, it stares you in the face every morning when you wake up. It shouts in your ear, don't write that song. Don't do this thing. And so this book, it, every chapter is like one page or two pages. They're really short. And he, he, he cusses on about every other page. So just a little warning. But it, it does something for you. You're like, man, I'm fighting resistance. And I, my belief is it's, it's from evil. It's from the enemy who's telling you you're no good. You can't do this. You're not ready. And, and it's, a, it's a really empowering read. We were like, and there's something that Christ in me is saying, beat this resistance, don't let it win. You know, don't leave this earth holding dreams and songs in you that the earth never heard, you know? And I, I look around, looking at you guys, like, when we're talking about creativity, it's not even with songs, it's with business ideas, it's with, it's, it's with, uh, it's with your marriage, it's with how you raise your family, like, starting to, to co-create, add creativity into how you plan your day out. Like, like break. We have these certain cultural boxes that tell us, like, this is how your day has to go, right? This is, I mean, there's so many. And I, I, God's just even recently been going, 
I mean, a lot of them, they're just illusions. They're boxes that are just illusions in your mind that have told you, you know, this is how you're supposed to live this earth, right? And, and I really feel like in recent God's been going, those illusions, they're not always bad because they've actually kept you like growing in a certain structure, you know? But I feel like he's inviting me in to like co-create with me come, co-labor with me, let the Christ in you out, what would that look like? Like, what would that look like with your family? How can you add creativity in how you raise your children, you know? And one of these guys I was just talking to, he said, for him, when he raises his family, every table is an altar. That's how he views it. So every time he's sitting with his family, he views it as a time where God can speak and move, and he is like, he can't wait, you know? That's an entire different way of raising kids than I was raised, right? Like, I never, my parents never viewed the dinner table as a, a meeting place of what's God going to say right now through these children, you know? What, what's going to come out of his mouth and what questions going to pop out? And you know what I mean? So it like, I called Kelly, I was like, wow, this is opening my eyes to how we could raise our family. Every table is an altar. Uh, and, and he was like, you know, I'm really praying about instead of just raising my children, actually like enjoying my children. And even that word difference, it gave me permission like, oh, wait, I can actually enjoy my kids over raising them. Yes, I'm called to raise them, but like I can enjoy my children. Like, and I know that I, I don't know if that connects with y'all, but it sounded like I should have already known that. But something in my heart didn't feel like I could. And all of a sudden, when he said that, I was like, wow, God, that's creativity in my family, you know? So, we want you to take all this, giving you permission to fight the resistance in your mind, and that's just, they're illusions, they're boxes that aren't even real. And I want to see us, as God's people, be people who walk in freedom, walk in hope, let songs come out of us. Your life, it truly does feel like a song. There's music to it. And how you wake up, how you do your day. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a bunch of rants. I'm about to fire the organ up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I do have a feeling about that. I was just, we were just talking to a couple after our church, um, and, you know, I've noticed recently, so we'll be in worship settings, and I'm leading, and it feels like everyone around me is, like, expressing, like, outwardly expressing a lot, like, a lot of loud noise and this, that, and the other, and sometimes I'm sitting up there playing, and I feel like I'm, like, I don't, you know, as I'm playing, I'm like, I don't know if I would be doing this right now if I was out there, right? And it started raising these questions of like, wow, it kind of feels crazy. I feel like I'm like the subdued one and everyone around me is like going crazy but I'm like, aren't I supposed to be the guy like singing, leading, you know? You always think like the person on the bike is supposed to be like the most animated one, you know? So it, uh, it really, you know, it's interesting for me. I feel like what God's personally invited me into is a little more actually like contemplation and, and listening to God even in the silence, finding Him in, 
in poetry in different different forms than just what I was kind of used to. At times it feels like, uh, and I hope we have grace for tonight. I'm about to go against what you might feel tonight. So um, it feels like sometimes we're shouting at God. You know, you're shouting at a being, hoping he's going to do something instead of resting in. He's a heavenly father and I'm his son and we have actually intimacy. Why am I shouting at him? You know, and, and I get like there's times where like me and my son, you know, like we're, he's shouting. And it's it's fun, but it's not like shouting like like uh, like he knows I can't hear him. Sometimes it feels like we're shouting at God like he's not there, you know, and I feel like we're me personally. What I'm sensing is moving away from just the feeling of being a He's not a distant creator. He's actually a present Heavenly Father. He's really active in the everyday. And that changes the way you talk to someone if you're active with Him. So what I find um, in worship, you know, I feel like personally where I want to go is let's talk, let's, um, it's a little more, it's a little less shouting at Him little more active listening. We respond, but we're listening. And very much like, um, even in that song, Whisper, 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 Whisper in my ear, tell me words I thought I'd never hear. I love it because every time I sing that, there could be a brand new thing that he says to me, you know? And it comes with a sense of, I don't know, what, what are you, I'm singing this again, as if it's the first time. What do you have to say to me right now? So learning in worship to be very present. Like, we are present here with you guys. I'm not thinking about uh, Atlanta. I'm not thinking about other things. I'm actually, like, engaging this conversation with you right now. I would love to see worship that feels very present. And also, I think, you know... I don't, I don't feel personally a lot of responsibility to make that happen. I feel like, I feel like God's drawing, he's doing the drawing. He's, he's, he's calling people for more, and they're like, what is more? I don't know what more is. So the moment that you introduce something, whether it's prophetic song, um, spontaneous worship, or a, a really authentic, vulnerable song, and it, it could spark something in, in someone to go, that's that's the more that I was looking for, and the more the more that we um, pursue that, and people, how do I say? I guess warm up to the fact of this is we're going through this richer, less presentation, production kind of style of worship. They they're not as afraid to to go there. If that makes sense. I know I know they're. A lot of people, there's two, there's two kinds, I mean, everyone's different, but I feel like there's two kinds. There's the kind who, who come to worship because they want to be worshipped too. They want to experience, I want to experience that person's worship. And then there's the other, the, the other type who goes, I want to come and I want to hear from God. So I don't know who's worshiping, it doesn't really matter, but I know that whatever is happening in the music, I know that I'm going to hear from God somehow. So... I think we're moving toward the latter, and I, I don't take 
much responsibility for making it happen or for forcing it. I, I never want to shock somebody because then I feel like I'm putting up a wall. Um, I would want to introduce this vulnerable worship that we speak of. This, this um, I want to co-labor with God's according to the church through this kind of you know worship and this relationship. I think the main thing we're trying to remove some of that the extra stuff. You know, I I told our church staff one day I was kind of joking, but it's a little offensive of a statement. I was like, man, it takes a. We were preparing for this conference, and I said, man, it takes a lot of work for Jesus to show up. You know, and it's it's a little, you know, that's a little bit of a jab uh, because all these people have been working for ten months preparing for this, you know, this two night thing. This is where God's going to show up. You know, this person, when this person comes to our church, God's going to show up. God's going to yeah. show up. You know, and uh, you know, it's funny, and that's that's what we do. I mean, I'm I'm very much I'm in the. Part of my life, as I am, and I, we spend a lot of work for God to show up. You know what I mean? So, but I think it's it's something that our hearts are longing for, where you can meet with Him in the simplest places. When two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. You know, and and yeah, that's I guess that's personally what I feel like He's kind of invited me into, and even re-looking at what communion means. Um, we, uh, we were leading worship a few years ago and this, this guy came up to us and said, hey, when you and your wife are leading worship, I could taste like bread and wine in my mouth and I feel like I was having like communion, you know? And it, I don't know anything about communion hardly. So it, I hit it in my heart and I was like, wow, there's something on that. I feel like we're gonna be serving communion. And so recently I've been, we've been praying about what that looks like. How do we serve communion to the world, you know? And... And, uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought right there. Yeah, so, so when that guy said that, I hit it in my heart. And, oh, oh, and, and these, these recent, I've been reading some of these blogs about communion. And this one pastor wrote, isn't it amazing that, that Jesus didn't just serve um, grain and grape, which is, just straight from the earth, but he actually served bread and wine. And interesting that bread and wine is like, to make it, it's a co-laboring of the divine, the things from the earth, and the human, you know? Like, we're, to make bread, it's the process of humanity and the divine to serve bread. The process, it, it takes a long process to form wine, you know? And when God is serving, when, when Jesus serves communion, and when we serve these songs, they are songs of communion because they're our process with the human and the divine. And people are tasting of communion through this, the creativity that comes out of your life. It, it's not, and that's, that's our, our journey is it's not just God. It's you and God all meshed in together and you're serving that to the world, hoping they feast on the presence of Jesus. You know, so what I would love to, and my heart's longing for, is you walk away from any gathering, wherever, feel like I just commune with God. You know, and it might have, and, and you, you have to be open because it might be 
the random four-year-old girl that's dancing in the front who it hits your heart in a way and God speaks to you about that. Or it's, it's the painting that you see in a new light that you weren't used to, that someone co-created and served that communion, you know? So I think God's trying to open our eyes to so much more, but I think it's gonna, it has to be less us just come in, shout at this being, for 45 minutes. Make sure all the purple and red lights are on. Right, right. And then have someone, have the holy man get up here and speak, and there's no dialogue. There's no, um, there's no conversation. You, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and, I'm, and you have to hear our heart like, this is what we do, so I'm not against. I love preaching, teaching, worship, love all. Our hearts are longing for we're all in this journey trying to behold this mystery, this presence, this person named Jesus. And, you know, and, and one of the convos I have with Jason, he said, you know, it's interesting. Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And learning to behold him in those three is a lifelong journey. And like in America, we love to behold him as truth. Like we see him in the scriptures. We can figure him out, this, that, and the other. But we have a harder time beholding Jesus as the way. Like, how do we walk out the Jesus way? What do we do with our enemies in other places? You know, how do you walk it out, right? So Jesus is inviting you into way, truth, and life. He's all of those. So, and he might take you through seasons where he's teaching you a little bit about one or the other. But that might be a song. Someone's like right on that. Because it hit me and I was like, Wow, that's a cool concept. I never really thought about that. Does that, does that add anything to your thoughts? Or what are you thinking? I, I think that sounds good. I, I, I just want to say it's the so beautifully worded. Wow. You're right, something. That was really well worded. I should have recorded it. That was, that was great. Chad, you got something?
let them go deep. And the, and the, the bridge right before we sing, I will not forget, says, what you whisper in my ear, let it find room in my heart. Like a garden, let your words begin to grow. And I pray that over you guys, as what you whisper in our ears today, let it find room in our hearts. Like a garden, let these things begin to grow deep in us. So, yeah, we'll play it. I'm scared. 
Jesus, when you speak. 